Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 34, Bon Appetit. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing, Pete? Good. Welcome back. Thank We're three guys, two guys, excuse me, who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So, how was your weekend? It's good. Masters, uh, Masters was fun to watch today. Masters was very much fun to watch today. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Uh, so tonight, as you can tell by the title, we're going to be talking about food again. Tom and I both love to eat. Uh, we realized and we had some complaints from one listener in particular that we had not addressed any of the food options outside of the park. So Disney Springs or resorts, that sort of thing. I think we've kind of touched on some of the resort restaurants occasionally, uh, but tonight we're really going to focus on those restaurants that are located outside of the park. Uh, but before we get into that tonight, we're going to go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, how much news we got tonight? We've got a lot of news because we've got a couple of weeks to uh, to make up for. And obviously one of our listeners expressed uh, concern because they were going down to Disney World but not going into the Disney parks and jokingly told us that we had not spent, you know, an episode really breaking down the these dining options uh, if you don't want to be in the park. So with all that being said going to go ahead and start with the news here. We're going to start over in Epcot. It uh, looks like there's a new attraction coming to the American Adventure, uh, which is, of course, uh, the, a pavilion located within the World Showcase. Obviously, the biggest draw here is that, you know, the show that shares its name with the pavilion. Uh, everyone goes, everyone. A lot of people really do enjoy uh, sitting through this attraction. I personally am not one of them. Except for you, because you hate America. Yeah, you know, that that's certainly not true, but... Uh, it, this this area and location is also home to the American Heritage Gallery, which is overlooked pieces of history. Um, you know, they usually have some other items in there, but it looks like this summer the gallery is going to be hosting a new exhibit titled Creating Tradition, uh, Innovation and Change in American Indian Art. Uh, so it'll be produced in cooperation with the Museum of Indian Arts and Culture in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, and the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian uh, in Washington, D.C. So there's going to be some featured artists with work uh, on display uh, throughout throughout the pavilion. So certainly take your time, be observant, and, and plan to uh, spend some additional time here because you certainly don't want to miss, miss a new exhibit going on. Moving right along, we're going to ride the monorail here, go over to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it looks like Disney is passing along a bit of a price increase on the nightly Happily Ever After dessert party. We've talked about these, these upcharge events uh, whether it's not so scary, whether it's very merry, uh, dessert parties, dining experiences, you know, we've hit on a lot, a variety of them. And of course, there is a dessert party. It basically gives you a dessert buffet and, uh, you know, pretty good viewing area for for Happily Ever After. And as Disney is doing with everything else right now, it does look like there's going to be a price increase. Uh, it looks like the increase at, if you want to be in Tomorrowland Terrace, that version of it, uh, will go from $79 to $84 uh, an adult. And forty-seven to fifty for kids, three to nine, um, for events on or after May twenty-eighth. Guess who? Guess who choose the least or the less expensive, rather, uh, viewing area, which is the Plaza Gardens. Uh, it'll it'll be a more dramatic price increase for you, sixty-nine to uh, sixty-nine from fifty-nine. So it's going to go up ten bucks for you there versus the versus the five over there at Tomorrowland Terrace. 
Uh, and then the kids ticket will go up to 41 bucks from where it was originally at 35. So I know that that's a lot. In, in essence, there's a five to $10 increase on the happily ever after dessert party. You've never done one of these, have you? No, I, you know, I, I have, you know, I usually get a really good spot for the fireworks show just by luck of the draw. And yeah. If, so if anybody has done this, let us know what you thought. Is it worth the extra money? I'd be curious to hear because probably not something I'm going to do. You know, I feel like, especially when we did the dining plan, you know, where you had a dessert with meals, you had all these snacks, I mean, that, sweets were in your face pretty much whenever you needed them. So I don't know that a dessert party is necessary. And that's a steep, pr- I mean, that's 84 bucks is expensive. Yeah, that is expensive. And you're right. I feel like I eat so much every time I go to Disney World that I really don't need a dessert buffet on top of that. Yeah, and I kind of like the freedom there at the end of the evening, too, where you watch the, you know, you don't have to get anywhere early. You watch fireworks, you go back doing what you want to do, whether that's shop on Main Street, whether that's trying to sneak in a last-minute attraction. Uh, But, yeah, to Peach's point, if anybody has any experience with this and would like to share, uh, please reach out to us on Twitter or our email. Uh, moving along, where the looks like the bulk of our news is going to be tonight, uh, Hollywood Studios. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you've listened to episodes prior, you know there is a significant amount of change going on uh, at Hollywood Studios, and you know we have hinted that Toy Story Mania could receive the brunt of some of this change here in the short term, and it looks like it finally has. The Fast Pass option will be revoked at Toy Story Mania uh, due to construction with Toy Story Land. Toy Story Mania is running at limited capacity. Uh, in turn, this has forced Disney to remove the Fast Pass option for this attract this attraction that uh, it'll last from April 9th, uh, so Monday of this week, tomorrow from where we're recording right now, through May 7th. There will be no Fast Pass option for Toy Story Mania. I'm going to just go ahead and say probably just avoid Hollywood Studios in general until Toy Story Land opens, right? You would think so. I mean, th- this is... I'm trying that that sucks. I mean, I don't know a better way to put it. Limited attractions already and you've pretty much taken FastPass away from one of them. That's that's rough. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of track wait times and see what wait times look like over the next couple of weeks. You know, if you're a a family with kids, this is your number one attraction, I would imagine at Hollywood Studios. So, I mean, slicing that. What do you even get? So you just get Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Star Tours, and call it a day. I guess so. I mean, unless you pick up an Indiana Jones or yeah. Muppet Vision 3D. I, I mean, I, I, there's nothing else. Yeah. 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 Well, st- staying staying with the Toy Story theme, uh, the new FastPass Plus system looks like it's going to be prioritizing Toy Story land attractions. Pete and I actually have been texting about this over the last week. But uh, even though we're about three months away from Toy Story actually opening... Uh, it looks like there will be uh, a, a new tiering system. They're, they're going to re-rank or re-tier uh, some of the attractions there in Hollywood Studios. Uh, it looks like the updated system will have all three Toy Story Land attractions uh, in Tier 1, so that does include Toy Story Mania, with your former top-tier attractions like Fantasmic, Tower of Terror, and Rock and Roller Coaster moving down to Tier 2. I, I think that's beneficial because I, I don't know that you know, that for someone like me or, or Pete that really enjoys these thrill rides, you can grab multi, uh, you know, you can grab multi tier two rides. So now you can yeah. get that rock and roller coaster in that Tower of Terror. And it'll be interesting to see how this changes as, as Star Wars land comes into play. I, I know that we've talked about is Alien Swirling Saucers and Slinky Dog Dash 
are they really strong enough rides to warrant being a, a tier one, or is it just because they're going to be new? There's no way Swirling Saucers is. I mean, that's it's a, new, so everybody's going to be, yeah, everybody's going to be excited to ride it at first. I, I don't think they're going to have staying power. Into, I think Twister Mania will remain. I think yeah. that is that popular of an attraction. I can see that. But aside from that, I, I don't know. It'll certainly be interesting. I can't wait for these expansions. Well, and we've also, got, we've also got the new Mickey ride coming, too. So where's that going to slide in there as well? That would be a tier one. I think that would slide right back in where Great Movie Ride was. Um, speaking to that, we mentioned Star, Star Wars Land. Uh, what is it? Galaxy's Edge. So uh, I guess we're going to slide back over. Obviously, there, there's been some new images released for the Millennium Falcon. I've seen some concept art from um, from different outlets connected to Disney. It uh, looks like there, there's been some confirmation that the graphics in this attraction will be powered by a modified uh, Unreal Engine, which is, I believe, like a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they've powered like Kingdom Hearts, Gears of War, the ever-popular Fortnite uh, if you have any kids or are in your 20s, maybe 30s, you've maybe heard of Fortnite. It's a pretty popular game. Uh, but but I think that'll be cool that, that we're going to you know implement some video game type engine into a theme park attraction. Uh, I think that'll be that, that'll certainly be neat, and it'll produce some pretty good images. If you've seen any graphics on video games lately, it's unreal what they can do. I think the, the more Star Wars Galaxy's Edge news that comes out, the more the more hype will build around this. Uh, around this add-on, moving over to uh, moving over. Oh, actually, one more in Hollywood Studios before we before we slide out of here. Sweet spells at Hollywood Studios will actually be closing in the next week. Uh, I, I know we've it's been a rumor going on here for a little while, but it looks like it's been confirmed that the uh, snack location at Hollywood Studios will be closing forever on April fifteenth. Space occupied by this bakery and treat shop will be uh, converted into additional retail space. Most likely, it'll be Toy Story themed, uh, and, and it'll probably open with Toy Story Land uh, later this year. Looks like a lot of the baked goods sold at this location are, are already available at the Trolley Car Cafe location. Not much of a change. Just adding more. To, I mean, they're going to be ready for Toy Story to fly off the shelves again. Last but not least on the theme park side, we're going to hit a little bit of Animal Kingdom. Looks like there's a new uh, character experience coming to Pandora, the World of Avatar. Beginning April 22nd, uh, guests who visit Pandora, the World of Avatar will be able to interact with a utility suit pilot character. Have you seen I'm, the images of this? It I looks have. pretty cool. It does look pretty sweet. I think he's just going to be kind of wandering the land uh, and explaining plants and the culture and nature, and, and I think that'll be a, a pretty big hit. Yeah, I think I think it'll be kind of cool. And one other thing I saw is that the bird show is back open. Did we talk about that last podcast? Well, we talked about all the changes that were happening with you know up being the new theme would still be a bird show. So I think it is open now officially. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to follow up and and read up on how the how the new show's being perceived. I always liked the bird show, so I, I didn't have any complaints. Uh moving over to some general resort news. If any of you stay at any major chain hotels, you probably have are familiar with at least or have heard of a digital key. Uh looks like Disney's gonna be adding that to the My Disney Experience app within a few weeks. Uh so you're actually gonna be able to access your digital key within the app at your check in date. Uh, and use that uh, from your phone to quickly unlock your room. I've enjoyed it at, at the hotels I use it at. Uh, I think it's really convenient. I don't know if it's necessarily necessary at Disney because you have the Magic Band, which you always have on. It's it's a nice feature to have. Again, you're right. I don't know that it's necessary because really, with the Magic Band, you don't even have to go to the lobby. They just send you a text when your room's ready. Use your Magic Band as a key. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're dropping off your luggage before you go to the parks. I mean, everything's going to be in your room. I, I'm kind of with you there. But did want to share it. It looks like they're going to be doing some testing at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Uh, that's where the feature is going to debut first. Listen, this is Disney constantly looking for ways to adapt and make customer experience easier. Uh, maybe some people prefer that. You know, it's kind of like the you know mobile ordering. Mm-hmm. You know, something that was done everywhere, and, and, and they eventually adapted to it. Then the last piece of news, looks like there's going to be a wine tasting event offered for DVC members at Old Key West Resort. Uh, to begin April 15th, DVC members have the option to participate in a weekly wine tasting experience that will be offered as a part of a DVC membership magic. The experience will be limited to 20 guests, of course 21 or older, uh, each Sunday, excluding holidays. It will be held from 3 to 4 p.m. at Olivia's Cafe. Uh, during the event, guests will hear more about the restaurant's namesake, Olivia Farnsworth, uh, and enjoy sampling of wines accompanied by bite-sized appetizers. Uh, looks like it's going to be 30 bucks a person, including tax and gratuity. Okay. So that, that wraps us up. That was a good bit of uh, good bit of news there. Good bit of news. All right. Well, like I uh, talked about before the news, we are going to be discussing restaurants that are on Disney property that are outside of the parks. Before we get into that, let us pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. All right, so let's get right into our main topic for tonight. And I guess we're not really going to go top restaurants. A lot of these restaurants... Tom, you've eaten at some, I've eaten at some. Some of these are restaurants that we haven't been able to get in. Again, Tom and I don't live in Orlando. We don't go to Disney that often. So we try to spend most of our time in the parks when we do. So making we, it to these... We say that often. I mean, we, we go we go a pretty good amount for not living there. That's true. That's true. I think I, I went think, three times last year. I think I went three times last year as well. But... We spend most of our time in the parks when we go. So it is a bit of a challenge for us to get outside the park to these restaurants. So some of these restaurants are restaurants that we have not been to, but that we have talked to people about, that we have read reviews on, and they're restaurants that I think we can recommend without any problems. And the first one falls into that category that I want to talk about, and that, of course, is Victorian Alberts. I don't I don't really know what there is to say about this restaurant. If you know Disney restaurants, you know about Victoria and Albert's. You know that this is kind of the crown jewel of restaurants at Disney World. It is, without a doubt, the best restaurant at Disney World. It's one of the top restaurants in Florida, one of the top restaurants in the United States. The service here is perfect. The food is incredible. And the price matches. 
I think that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> we actually have a friend who will be was fortunate enough to land this reservation. Uh, so we'll get some feedback from his experience there. But uh, it's awarded the, what is it, AAA's Five Diamond Award, which is mm-hmm. uh, it's the only restaurant on Disney property that has that. So it, it definitely makes it one of the top restaurants in the state. I'd probably go with Pete there in the country. Uh, there's, and it's there's, this is a fine dining experience. Don't get me wrong. This is not a, you know, you go and you order a burger and fries. This is, they have a, a, ch- a changing menu, uses fresh ingredients. It has a dress code. So don't think you're going to show up in your in your shorts and your tank top from the park and, and go show up at Victoria and Albert's and eat. Also, not a, not a good kid place. Yeah, kids under nine actually would not be able to dine with you here. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a dinner jacket for, for men. It, it's nice dress for, for women. And, and there are some different experiences. Like Pete said, it's a, a daily changing menu, but it has the, the accolades it has for a reason. So if you're, if you're willing to, to shell out some cash and you're very fortunate, are fortunate enough to land a reservation at this, you know, elusive spot, this is great for an anniversary, a, I don't know, any kind of celebration uh, that, that you and a significant other would like to celebrate. This is probably more of the romantic side of a, of a restaurant uh, at Disney World. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said before, the price here matches. You're going to drop some serious cash here. You're going to drop a couple hundred bucks a person on dinner. Easily. And, you know, you've got to think of it as this is not theme park food. This is not a restaurant at a theme park. This is, like I said, a fine dining experience, and you pay according to that. You know, and they have the wine, they have different wine tastings too. I, I think, you know, he's talking a couple hundred bucks. He's talking food. You know, he's not talking if you start getting a bottle of wine and you start. Well, and I think the I think the the dinner with wine pairings is somewhere on the order of two fifty to three hundred a person, something okay. like that. Um, so you know, you're talking a five six hundred dollar meal, which is a lot of money. So yeah, definite special occasion meal. Um, you know, if you're like Tom said, celebrating an anniversary, an engagement, something like that. It's that's the type of place you want to do it. So again, kind of the crown jewel of of Disney's dining. The chef's table here is also available for dining. It's even more expensive. It's it's a kind of customized menu from what I understand. And it's even a harder reservation to get than just a general Victorian Alberts reservation. Yeah, you have a customized menu and a customized experience there uh, with, with the amount of you know courses you are served. Uh, and in the order, it's a unique experience with the chef. So this would probably have to top, if we were even ranking them, and we're not, you know, we're just sharing restaurants, this would be the top of the list uh, for best food and dining experience off or outside of the Disney parks. Yep. So kind of continuing in the, you know, in this theme of the nicer restaurants, California Grill. California Grill is at the Contemporary. The food is decent, right? Yeah, you may be paying for atmosphere a little more here. I I, I think that's definitely the case. You know, this is a this is a good place to watch the fireworks, uh, to watch Happily Ever After. So yeah, the atmosphere is is definitely what you're paying for here. But you know, the food the food is still no slouch. There there is some good food here. I mean, yeah, you're not eating a quick service meal at Disney. You know, people. People, there's fresh sushi, which I'm not a sushi guy. I know that's that's some some folks' favorite. They have some unique dishes that, that are specific to California Grill. But to Pete's point, it, it is definitely for the firework view at night because uh, you are atop the contemporary. You do have a really good view 
uh, of all things Magic Kingdom, specifically Happily Ever After. There are some $60, $70 steaks here. There's some good fish dishes here that are that are pretty pricey. The sushi's pretty expensive. So they do have a, a kid's menu, so kids are welcome here. But again, if your kids are not used to that fine dining atmosphere, probably not a, not a great place to bring your kids. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. But speaking of kids, because I do know we have a variety of, of listeners, here's one that will work for the kids and for the parents. Uh, Ohana. And this is one that we've per- I I've personally dined at actually on my last trip. Fantastic food. Uh, I now went you guys dinner. did dinner here, right? Yeah, and and dinner is is very still very kid friendly. I mean, they they had a lot of activities for the kids throughout dinner. Uh, you know, you get up out of your seats, you do a, a race, you get you get your napkins in the air. Uh, very, it does have that Disney pop to it. Uh, but I would say most people brag about the breakfast here. Uh, because it is a character breakfast, and you have Lilo and Stitch, and uh, you know you have that Hawaiian theme there in the Polynesian. Uh, the the breakfast uh, is is family style. It's in limited amounts of eggs, potatoes, sausage, bacon, uh, and fruit, which makes it a little bit a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, I would guess. Uh, and then the dinner is it, again, it's not a character dinner, but it is more like your Brazilian steakhouse. So they have steak, they have grilled shrimp, they have grilled chicken. Uh, they have noodles. They have, I think it was dumplings. They have an incredible dessert, and this is all family yeah, style. I've, I was I was going to ask about the bread pudding. The bread pudding's ridiculous. I I was not at first. I was not on board with this. I was like, ah, oh, bread pudding. Never had that. Don't don't really care to have that. And then I took one bite, and I was like, man, I could eat this whole entire thing. <laughs> so if you're talking, and again, this is out of the park. It's on the monorail loop, so it's very accessible from the park. Uh, this is Ohana at the Polynesian. Uh, I we did it on the Disney dining plan. Uh, to give you a reference point there, it was um, one dining credit per per person. I would think if you were to pay out of pocket, what's that like thirty five to sixty bucks a person somewhere in that Some, range. Somewhere around that, and I don't I don't remember exactly how much it costs, but I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Dinner's obviously going to be more expensive than breakfast. Yeah, I think the breakfast, it's again buffet family style. I think it's 35 bucks a person, 30 bucks per person, something like that. Uh, but again, it, two different options there, two wildly successful uh, and popular popular eating destinations at Disney World that's the, the, you know not in the park. So moving on, let's go over to Disney Springs. And, and this is one of my favorite restaurants at Disney Springs. And that is Raglan Road. Raglan Road is an Irish pub. They've got, you know, what you would think of as, I guess, your your typical Irish fare. So, bangers and mash. Shepherd's pie. Shep- yeah, shepherd pie. I, I don't know. Those are really the only two Irish dishes that I that I know of. But they have them. Um, but, but they do have burgers. They do have fish. They've got all kinds of, you know, fish and chips. The fish and chips are excellent. The atmosphere is what you would think of as... An Irish pub. Yeah, I would. I would say that this is um, this is another one of those things where you're getting you're getting a Disney not even a, not a Disney atmosphere. Let me take that back. You're getting a fun atmosphere. You're getting an Irish pub feel. Uh, I have enjoyed some beverages there. I have not sat down for a meal. Did look at it on my last go around and opted for a different restaurant at Disney Springs that will certainly hit. But th- this is one that I've had friends go to and they loved it. I, I have become a fan of Shepherd's Pie, so that would be what I'd probably order. Uh, and this is another one where kids are welcome. Uh, you know, even though it is a pub and there's uh, adult beverages served, it's it's not 
you know, to a point where you can't bring your kid in if you're a family. I would say this is a family-friendly restaurant, uh, and it's one of the more popular ones at Disney Springs. It's been around here for a little bit of time now. And and I would put the bread pudding here up against. I was going to ask you because I've the heard bread about and butter. It here. Oh, it's it's incredible. They have a, a a warm caramel sauce that you pour over it, and it it is probably the best thing I've ever eaten. So yeah, it is it's fantastic. And and if we're if we're sharing into our friend's point, you know, maybe it's somewhere you want to go have a beverage and have a meal. Of what we've shared so far, from a pricing standpoint, an atmosphere, all inclusive, easily accessible, this would probably be the number one restaurant that we've shared so far for that. Well, and and ease to get into as well, right? Because this yep. is a very big restaurant. It's typically crowded, but you know, not so crowded that you're not going to be able to get in and get a table. Yep. Unless maybe it's a Friday or Saturday night. So yeah, highly recommend. Uh, highly recommend Raglan Road. What else is it? What else is it? Disney Springs. So Deluxe I, Burger. Yeah. I know you like Deluxe Burger. I'll, I'll I'll say what I did. So I opted for Deluxe Burger over Raglan Road for my meal last time at Disney Springs. I, I stumbled upon Deluxe Burger a few years ago. It had just opened. I was with my fiance, now wife, and uh, we were just trying to figure out where the heck we're about to eat. And we kind of walked into this, and I'm I'm very simple when it comes to eating burger and fries treats me well and she said hey you know burger and fries you want to try this there's not a really long wait it was incredible uh, and and i said man this is one of the best burgers and fries i've had maybe disney you know just opened maybe they're really trying to impress us blah 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 ate it loved it went to disney springs uh this past december was popping around and uh decided let's give deluxe burger another try just as good it's a fresh cooked burger. At least it tastes like it was a fresh cooked burger. It's it's big. It's filling. The fries are great, and the milkshakes are ridiculous. I know a lot of people would would probably say like one of your best quote unquote fast food burgers would be like a Five Guys. This blows Five Guys out of the water. Uh, I can't talk about In and Out. I haven't have not visited In and Out, but I would be surprised if you got a better burger. You know, bang for your buck. I think we ate. At Deluxe Burger for twenty five, thirty bucks total, and that's us getting a milkshake, getting fries, you know, doing the whole deal. Sure. So I, I'm a big fan of Deluxe Burger, and I have not eaten there, so don't know anything about it really. But uh, I will take your word for it and go uh, next time I'm at the Springs. Mm-hmm. You want to stay over in the Springs? You want to keep visiting restaurants here right now? Let's stay at the Springs. What? What? What else? Well, this was adamant. We talked about this before. Splitsville. It has to be on the list. Okay. Pete, Pete toyed with wanting to take it off. So Splitsville is basically, it's a restaurant inside of a bowling alley would probably be the best way to put it. <laughs> I mean, Splitsville is the bowling alley. I mean, they have. We looked fish, at we looked have, at trying to get into Splitsville on the Mendu Disney trip. It's the hard. night we got in there. It's hard it is, to get. It was hard. It's hard to get in there. Uh, I, it's basically, I, I really enjoy bowling. So that's my number one interest in it. But you can get pizza. You can get fish. They've got a ton of stuff on their menu. Um, I mean, you can get you know, sushi. You can yeah, get... Yep. It's a menu that kind of reminds me of like a cheesecake factory where they have just everything on their menu and they're not really known for anything. <laughs> Splitsville is more known for like a good time. You get a beer, bowl, you know, eat some food. Get a lot of beer, bowl, and then eat some late night food because they do have like a late night menu there yeah, as well. I, I think this this is like a must do at Disney Springs. I can see that. 
but I like I think bull I, I don't bowl and I'm not good at bowling, but I don't know why I've always thought it was fun just to go blow some money bowling. Nothing wrong with that. All right, so what else do we have at the Springs? T Rex. I've never been in this restaurant, but whenever I talk to people about Disney Springs, especially people with kids, this restaurant always seems to come up just because of the atmosphere. I don't think that the food's very good. I think it's what you'd get at like a Hard Rock Cafe or a Planet Hollywood, something like that. But apparently the the inside is is pretty cool. The inside's pretty sweet. Uh, it, it's one, it's like dinner in a show because every 20 minutes, you know, the ceiling turns and it's, uh, it, it's, it's like the meteor that's taking out the dinosaurs, but it's all animatronics. If you get placed next to one, obviously the dinosaur is going to move the entire time. Uh, each room or area in the restaurant kind of has a different theme with different dinosaurs that fit the theme. So of course, would I rather ride the dinosaur attraction or go to T-Rex? I'd rather ride the dinosaur attraction. But we're talking about being outside of the parks and not requiring park admission to eat there. If you have a family, this is a great – it's not overly priced. It's probably adequately priced for like a – You know, $20 an entree, something yeah. like that. And and, it, and your kids will love it. Uh, you and know, there's, I, a, I love and there's a big variety of food too. Yep. And, and it's another one that's not overly difficult to get into. Uh, and so I know when you have kids, it's like, oh, man, we really need to eat before these little munchkins start to freak out here. Uh, so this will, you get in the restaurant and it'll keep them entertained until the food gets there and maybe it keeps them too entertained so they don't eat their food, but it, uh, the atmosphere is what you pay for here. Uh, I'd agree with Pete. Food's not something to get too excited over. So the last restaurant that I've got at the Springs that I want to hit on is the Boathouse. I've, I've heard that this restaurant, and again, I've, I've never eaten at the Boathouse, but this restaurant always kind of comes up as you know, maybe the best food or, or maybe not the best, but, but up towards the top, as far as food quality goes at Disney Springs, looking at the menu, it looks like pretty standard fare. It doesn't look cheap, you know, so 20, 30, $40 an entree. Oh, I mean, you can get up to, yeah. I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to get out of there for under 80 bucks for, for two, yeah. for two. So don't know a whole lot about the boathouse, but it is one of those men- restaurants that always seems to come up when uh, when people talk about Disney Springs and talk about their their favorite restaurants to eat at Disney Springs. So, and I think that Boathouse is two table service credits if you're on the dining plan, correct? I would th- think so. I don't have that in front of me right now. Ah, the boat I, I hear like middle of the road deal on the Boathouse. It's expensive, the food's good, it's seafood primarily is, is what it's known for. For mixed reviews on their steaks, atmosphere is pretty cool here. Um, I mean, it's on the water. Yeah, it's on the water, and it's it, it, people go to it. People go to expensive restaurants because they assume it's going to be really good food and service. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would. It'd be my first pick. I mean, obviously, I've I usually don't eat there when I when I go to Disney Springs. I think I would rather eat at Raglan Road. Maybe not Deluxe Burger, but that's a completely different scale uh, pricing and how formal of a meal it is. But it's one that you would hear a lot about, and if you want to have a nice evening, you know, maybe you have a date or you have a, you know, again, something you're celebrating, I don't think the boathouse would be a bad call. I, I just don't know if, I think there's other places you could spend your money. I'd rather eat it, probably California Grill, to be honest with you, in the boathouse. Okay. All right, so let's move away from the springs and go back to the resorts. Let's start with something that I know was a perennial favorite of yours when you were a wee lad. 
And that is the Hoopty Doo musical review. Yeah, over at the campsites at uh, Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. It's like a little comedy show. Takes you back how long to is days. it? How long has it been since you've seen this? Man, oh, 15 years probably. And I'm sure it hasn't changed at all since. <laughs> I know it's two. Da- I know it's two table credits. That's why I don't go. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the fried chicken's good. No, I mean it's it's like eat as much as you care to, kind of you know family style. Yeah, you know they have fried chicken, they have cornbread, they have strawberry shortcake, and and then it's like a comedy show. They get the kids involved, they get families involved. I think it's. I, I'm going to look up the pricing now. I, I know it's two dining credits. I think it's probably sixty bucks a person. So it's not cheap. No, it's not cheap, but people love it. I mean, I would compare it to um, like the luau over there at Polynesian. You know, it's like the internet show. Mm -hmm. I think the reviews are actually better at Hoopty Doo Review, uh, musical review. Yeah, rather. I think this is a good, I mean, this is a good one to say it's not in Disney parks, especially if you have a family and you're looking to get dinner in a show. If it's you and a significant other, probably wouldn't do this restaurant. Yeah. Now, have you been to Hoopty Doo? I have. I have not done Hoopty Doo. No. Well, you may have to take uh, take your daughter there one day. I, I probably will. And I I did find pricing. Looks like depending on where you sit, it ranges between sixty four and seventy two dollars for adults, and between thirty eight and forty three for kids. So, Makes sense. Yeah, not not cheap. But you are getting dinner and a show. So yeah, I mean, who doesn't like fried chicken? Communists. <laughs> We want to go next. So there's there's two more there's two more restaurants that well there's two restaurants at Animal Kingdom Lodge that I want to hit. Okay. I know one of them you really enjoy. One of them I really enjoy. So I'm more important than you. Let's talk about mine Let's first. Let's go. Okay. And, Let's and go. That's G, that's Gico. Okay. Gico is I I don't know. It's it's probably one of the better restaurants that not a whole lot of people know about at Disney World. I know where Gico is. I have not eaten there. It is right next to the Savannah, but there's no crazy view. There's no characters. It is much more of a. It's a very ro- kind of romantic atmosphere. I romantic guess you, you with say. a little bit of like a African spin on some of the food. There definitely is an African spin on on some of the food. You look at some of the ingredients that they use. They use, you know, there's there's definitely some non-traditional ingredients that they use in the cooking but it's all very good it's all very well done food and it's priced accordingly you know this is a signature dining so two table service credits and you know entrees are 50 60 70 dollars a piece so you're not going to get out of there for cheap yeah no i I agree with you and again this 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 falls under the romantic you and a significant other kind of meal probably would not you know, there's definitely a better place in Animal Kingdom Lodge. I'd recommend you take a family, uh, and that is Boma, the Flavors of Africa. I know a lot of times people will almost shy away from buffets at Disney World. You find two groups of people, ones that are like, oh, I can eat as much as I want, and then others that that feel like they'd rather not do a buffet and, and get a different experience. Boma is one of the best buffets I've ever been to in my life. Uh, everything was cooked to perfection. Tons of different offerings. It, you do get a little bit of African spin on your food. Dessert bar is dessert bar is probably the most standard thing here. Uh, the dessert buffet portion of it. Uh, but you're right there on the savannah. Uh, we walked out and saw them feeding giraffes before our meal. 
this is without a doubt one of the best restaurants that's not inside the Disney parks. Uh, and it probably will be a staple of every vacation to Disney World for me moving forward. It's one table service, uh, about 60 bucks a person. Really difficult reservation to get. It is a pretty large restaurant, so that helps. Uh, and obviously a buffet, you can usually fit more people in there than if, you know, if, if, it's, if it's a seated dinner with a waiter and, and ordering from a menu. But And I think people move in and out of there quicker, too. Yeah, and, I mean, we and, were 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Gico and... Boma or not, it's not like you've got the same food in two different places. One's a buffet. Correct. And one's, Correct. You know, so two very different menus with, with very different food. But but you're right. Boma doesn't have that close, romantic, you know, muted atmosphere. It's it's very much a, a buffet at Disney, which is, you know, they tend to be loud. They it's tend loud, to be loud. It's kids. Yeah. Yep. The, there's kids everywhere. But it's not like a Hollywood and Vine style buffet oh yeah the you know where you've got there. yeah you've got and, substandard food the, the food is is very good yeah and you don't have characters here either that's probably something i should have noted if i didn't you know he mentions hollywood and vine where you do obviously have characters uh but i, I have nothing bad to say about boma and i tons of families eat there and disney's a, usually a really family oriented place so we uh we could not do this list without at least mentioning that one mm-hmm. i agree all right, and then the last restaurant that I want to hit is, I don't know, to me, this is maybe the second best restaurant at Disney World behind Victorian Alberts, and that is uh, Narcusi's at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, I have not been fortunate enough to dine at Narcusi's. Uh, my last trip to Disney, we did every evening, we tried to explore a few resorts that maybe we haven't stayed at or haven't seen in years. Grand Floridian was one of them. So we did walk out to Narcuzzi's and see where and it was it's, located. And it's a ways out there. I mean, it's all the way at the other end of the resort from the entrance. It is. But that location gives it some benefits. Yeah, well, yeah, you've, you've got, I mean, you can, you can see the fireworks. Yep. And the restaurant is kind of a, a unique shape. It's kind of a uh, octagon, I guess. I was going to say octagon, but I was thinking of a better way to describe it. it, it yeah. So there's a lot of sides on the water and it kind of sticks out into the water away from the resort. So there are a lot of views where you can see fireworks. You can see what's the, um, well, they have the, they have the electrical water, uh, yeah, electric, the water electrical spray, water, electric pageant. water pageant. Yeah. You'd have a front row seat for that. Uh, if you book at the right time, you'd be able to catch some glimpses of happily ever after over at the magic kingdom. A lot of people, including myself, sometimes will go to Polynesian or Grand Floridian and actually watch the show from there. And then this, and then this place is known for its steaks. I, w- I would say it's known and, for and its seafood, steaks. right? It has I mean, good seafood. Yep. So surf and turf, hard to go wrong with. Yeah, this is uh, th- this is certainly another one, and th- and this is probably more of a secluded. You want to take a significant other here. There is a slight dress code. Do not think sports coats are required like they are at Victorian Alberts. I don't think so. I but, think just pants. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to come in here wearing shorts and a tank top. Yeah, dress dress shirts, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, and also just a little secret about it. If you can't get a table, isn't there like a bar you can order appetizers yep. and desserts at? Yep, you can eat at the bar. Although I think a lot of people try to do that. I think a lot of people get there, don't have a reservation, and try to slide into the bar. So most of the time there's a wait at the bar too. Okay. Okay. Well, I figured it was it was worth a shot, and maybe you get there, and you're you're 
at Disney right now and you're going to listen to our podcast and say, oh man, we should try and slide over to Narcoozies. All right. I mean, that wraps it up for me. You got any other, uh, anything else we didn't talk about that uh, maybe should have made the list? No, I mean, I, I'm thinking of different places at Disney Springs because I think that's probably one of the more popular. We don't have park tickets or we don't want to go in the park kind of places to go. And you've got some places, you know, you've got Blaze Pizza. But yeah, that's a chain. I mean, I, I was trying to think yeah. of a lot more that you would just you know, find you've got there. Wolf, Wolfgang Puck. Yep. I mean, a lot of those places are, are not some, you know, where I'm, I guess really what I was more going for with tonight is, you know, someplace you're going to sit down, you're going to have a good meal, not someplace where you're going to go in and grab something. Yep. And, and del- I guess... Deluxe is a bit of going and grab something. I mean, you do that's, sit down that's, and eat. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, deluxe is a bit more like you do going and grab something. But I, th- I think what we shared was was pretty accurate with... With restaurants that I view as as good spots to uh, stop and eat, if you don't want to if you don't want to eat in the parks. And look, there are a lot of more restaurants at Disney Springs that we didn't talk about. It at last count, I think there are there are over fifty, 50 restaurants yeah, fifty plus at yep. Disney Springs. So I know there's some that we didn't talk about. There's the the crepe place that I think is closing. There's the poutine place that also I think may be closing. <laughs> um, Earl the sandwich. The Edison, which is a new one, you know. So there are there are a lot of a uh, lot of restaurants that we didn't we didn't get to at Disney Springs. If you've got some that we, that we didn't talk about that you went to last time you were at Disney, or or you know you can't believe we missed, let us let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking through lists right now, and and we didn't even. And you know what? I'm going to share a couple more now that we're here, and we're we're. We're spiraling through restaurants. We didn't hit any dessert places. Sprinkles is a good spot for dessert. They do uh, customized. Cu- they do unique cupcakes. I shouldn't say your customized. wife loves sprinkles. Uh, we did sprinkles last time. It is really sweet. I actually split my cupcake. Uh, I, I could not finish the entire thing. If you have a sprinkles where you're at at home, I, I can't say this is going to be any better or worse than the sprinkles you have at home. Um, but. This is this is this is some uh, you know little dessert spot you can go to and, and get a pretty pretty cool cupcake, uh, and then we didn't did we didn't talk about the Edison did we? I we did not talk about the Edison. I just I don't know anything about it other than the atmosphere is kind of cool. Yeah, the atmosphere is ridiculous. Uh, and th- this is and I know we've hit on it in previous podcasts. I can't speak too much of the food. One, it's kind of a new restaurant. Two, I haven't eaten there. I've heard mixed reviews on the food. But I've heard the atmosphere is ridiculous. Uh, it does change into a little bit of a nightclub at night, uh, so make sure that you know you follow the dress code there and make sure your reservation gives you a- enough time to get out of there if you don't want to be a part of that. Um, and then Morimoto Asia is another restaurant down at Disney Springs that people are pretty hit or miss on. I have not eaten there either. I elected not to. I looked at the menu last time I was there and decided I'll pass and I'll swing in a deluxe burger. Uh, but that's another mm-hmm. one that, that you may hear people talk about or you may have visited yourself. Uh, if any of these are spots you, you guys like to eat or hate to eat, we love hearing from you. So, you know, feel free to tweet or email us and and let us know. Yep. All right. Well, good. Well, with that, let's move to the secret and trivia of the week. What do you got this week, Tom? Yeah. Uh, short and sweet secret. I was looking at just some numbers of consumption level, foods, drinks, whatever it may be at Disney, and I came across a number. The number surprised me. Um, 
then more than 50 million Cokes will be consumed in Disney World each year, uh, which is a lot of Coke. And you will never, ever, ever find a Pepsi anywhere on Disney property. Uh, obviously, huge competitors. I, that's a, a pretty easy secret, but felt like that was cool to share. Then we're going to hit our trivia question that came from Pete last week. Uh, who is depicted in the Sharing the Magic statue in Liberty Square? Roy, Disney, and Minnie. I didn't know this answer. Uh, so I, I felt like that was a pretty good trivia question and appreciate it. I feel like a, I feel like a lot of people miss this statue or or don't know where uh, where this statue is. That's probably why I didn't know it. Uh, moving on, we got I got a layup, a layup trivia question for all you people out there this week. What is the name of the entrance to Epcot between the France Pavilion and the Great Britain Pavilion? I we, and this is this is we've talked about this. Before. We've talked yeah. about it. It's a layup, but we I've had listeners ask me what was that entrance over there called again uh so just a reminder maybe uh maybe we'll get answers pretty quickly and then did want to give all you listeners a heads up next week we're going to be doing what we like to call listener supported episode where we take questions we've received from from you guys leading up to the episode uh answer them give you credit for for reaching out to us and put them in an episode and hopefully meet your needs we have a few already uh ready to roll but we'd love to hear from more of you. You can email us at mendowdw at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast on Twitter uh, with your questions. We do check the email on Twitter multiple times a day. Uh, so we will get, get your question and get it answered next week on the podcast. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.